We are the Nerd Eternal Network. Welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This. I'm your host, CDL113. With me today is the Todd Father, the experienced son called Jason, and the token Teen Titans Go hater, Tarky. Today, we're going to be talking about reboots and recasting and what we think about all that. So, Todd, Father, what do you think about it? Most of the time they suck. Most of the time. If you're talking about reboots, I can't. It's I can't think of one that I enjoyed more than original in recent memory. Uh, RoboCop tended to suck. Footloose sucked. Um, Yeah, I did. I liked the original. Shamey. I know. I I I keep wanting them to make a remake of them with uh, today's CGI, but oh yeah, yeah, I don't have a whole hell of a lot of hope for it. That that would be interesting to see, yeah. Because what was the the one where they did with Keanu Reeves was the Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, that that thing was garbage. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was disappointed in that. I, I, they they made such a build up about that, and then they just let you down. It's yeah, like, oh. yeah. I couldn't take Gort as a mecca and then a swarm of flesh and metal eating bacteria nanites or whatever the I hell. Think it was nanites. I think it was great doing stuff. Yeah, whatever the hell it was, I didn't care for it. Okay. Um, Jason? Well, several people listening probably remember the old Teen Titans cartoon from, was it the late 90s, early aughts? Yeah. And you know, here recently they did Teen Titans Go, which is a really funny show. <laughs> Why do you... He's doing it to th- torture you. Like, alright, to peel back the curtain, before the podcast we were talking about this slightly, and he just wants to bother me about this. It is an awful remake. The show is funny, but it's an awful remake. The funniest thing about it is the episode... Where they have a villain describe the, uh, not show master, I feel like, Control freak? Control, Control freak. freak. Show how he had altered the universe from that cool show to this. And all the characters like, oh, they're so cool. And we're not. <clears throat> that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen on that. I don't know, I like the one where Young Justice pops up in it. Basically, you know, tells them that they suck as crime fighters and that whole night. But yeah, that, that would be another example of a reboot that sucked. Darky, what you got? Uh, as far as reboots, like Spider-Man rebooting three times within, almost within my teens, only once within my teens, but just how fast you can force a reboot over and over and over had already kind of made me hate them. But I understand at some points it's necessary, just like recasting is sometimes a necessary evil. And that's what they should have done with Spider-Man. They shouldn't have rehashed his origin. Change the actors, change the feel of the movie slightly, and just kind of keep going. And, you know, maybe it's connected to the previous movies, maybe it's not. 
the most recent reboot, I just was not impressed with it. It was Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, just, Spider-Man. It was just a really meh movie. Well, you, you get that his change from, let's say, Amazing to Homecoming was the MCU is heavily based off of the Ultimate Universe. And remember, the Ultimate Universe, he was still a kid. Yeah, I never cared the Ultimate Universe. I ain't either, but that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. It's it's well, it's old. That's the trick. When he popped up in Civil War, I liked him fine. He was still a little young for me, but I liked how his powers work. I liked how he, I liked his personality. I liked how he quipped. And it's like the director of Homecoming went, "Yeah, we don't want none of that." Well, they sonied him. Basically, yeah, they sonied him. They they took everything you didn't like from the Sony version and stuck it in the MCU yeah. and went, "Oh, this is the Marvel version." No, it's you know. You, yeah, you got rid of th- you got rid of powers that he had that you saw in Civil War. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my problem with it. Is he has a spider sense? You saw the spider sense in Civil War. So for them to get to Homecoming, they go, well, he didn't have it. What the hell you mean he doesn't have it? Well, he hadn't developed it yet. What the hell are you talking about? He hadn't developed it yet. I've seen him use it. Yeah, you know he, and that's he used it a couple of times. Better out of Marvel, and what I got was exactly what Sony would have given me. Yeah. Yeah. The villain didn't look nothing right. That's true. You know, the only thing that made it seem like a Marvel movie was the Iron Man then. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, that's the deal that I want to say they made with uh, with Sony is when they do their stuff, at least one MCU person will pop up in each movie. Yeah. So, you know, you had, you had Tony it. in this one. You'll have somebody else in the next one, and then you'll have somebody else in the next one. Spider Man's never gonna be in there alone. You're gonna always have an MCU character pop up in them. Like Happy will be the the person. Yeah, you you'll have, you'll have Happy. Else. I'm sure Happy will not fill the requirements for that deal though. It'll yeah. have to be a costume, somebody, a name, yeah. somebody. Yeah, because look at it. Homecoming had Happy Spot. You had Happy Iron Man and Cap. Because Cap kept popping up in the PSA. That's true. That's true. Just a funny little cameo, but he was in it. Yeah, but that that counts. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's, this is a whole universe. So. Okay. Since you mentioned uh, uh, the Teen Titans cartoon uh, as a reboot, I was thinking about the G.I. Joe cartoon reboot. You know how in the 80s you had the G.I. Joe cartoon? Yeah, the real American hero. Uh, what was it? At the end of the 90s, early 2000s, you had that uh, G.I. Joe cartoon came out, and... Uh, it was a lot more grim and gritty. and Am I resolute? The good one? Are yeah. you talking about? No, no. The... I think he's talking about, uh, was it Sigma 6? Well, you had you had. I'm Sigma talking about Six. the one where you had actually had uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes fight, and it was just, you know. That's resolute. Resolute's the one the where you had people series, die. The miniseries, they did yeah. like Adult Swim. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that one was, you know. I, that I that was actually the third it was at least the third reboot. Because you had the one, you had the one where you had Cobra Commander in the armor that was supposed to be like a direct tie to that. Because that was the one where you had the special where you had Cobra and GI Joe team up and fight the drug dealer in one of the specials. Uh, I can't remember what in the hell was that GI Joe Extreme. It may have been Extreme. That sounds like something that would happen in the nineties. And then you had, uh, then you had Sigma Six, which was the the CGI one. And then you had Resolute, which was the which was the uh, the one that was actually good. Yeah, there was a little mini series, and then you had that god awful thing. Was it GI Joe? Oh God, what in the hell was the name of that thing? 
because it was one that was basically the eighteen, where you had like five of them on the run. Yeah, now see, I didn't care for that one, but the the Resolute was the one that I would consider. The Resolute was a heavy mix of the original cartoon and like the comic. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a little more serious, like the comic yeah. was. Yeah, but you you had the you know. But everybody was recognizable from the original series. Yeah, and they actually took a a plot from the and and they rebooted it and gave it a modern day twist mm-hmm. and and it worked. And you know, I thought, okay, they rebooted the cartoon modern day. Um, okay, I'll give you another thing that I I, I think is a I I consider it a modern day reboot. Uh, a character like the Punisher. You know, you've had several different Punisher movies over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one was the Dolph Lundgren one, very cheesy. Uh, but you know, it was it came out in what was that early nineties. Yeah, it came out late 80s, early 90s. And for the time frame, you know, it was your atypical, you know, macho movie. Straight to video action movie. And then uh, you had the Thomas Jane movie. That was the one I liked. That was was a great movie. And, you know, the original Punisher, Vietnam vet. They made Thomas Jane's Punisher a Gulf War vet. Mm -hmm. Cool, no problem. Then you had Warzone. Which was supposed to be the sequel. They recast. And I can't think of the name of the actor they got. Oh, it was Ray Stevenson. It was the guy that played yeah. Volstagg in the Thor movies. Yeah. Alright, then uh, you've got the uh, Punisher show on Netflix. So, to me, that's, you know, reboot, recasting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an evolution. He's still a Gulf War vet, but it's the modern day Afghan war, you know. And... I, I would say that's an evolution of a character and a recasting, and it's, and it's worked. I don't know. Punisher was one that, hell, I slipped through a lot of it. It was because they they made his they made his motivation, the people that killed his family, their kind of uh, criminal soldiers that got involved in some dirt while they were over in Afghanistan. It's a bunch of sh- give me mobsters because I don't see what his war is after that. The thing that made that made Punisher kind of his thing in Marvel was, yeah, the mob killed his family accidentally, which meant he had a, he has a hard on for the mob. It made a certain amount of sense. What's he going? What's what's this version going after? Are the soldiers? What you know? What? Well, see, it's kind of like how in the first class movie they screwed up Magneto's origin by making Shaw the person responsible for yeah. your mother's death. Cause yeah, because then you have a mutant who's responsible for your mother's death. Why do you hate humans? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the Punisher's origin, when they made it the mob that killed his family, the mob was always, you know, front and present in the news and in the paper. So it was something that, hey, the mob is responsible for crime. So, you know, people could relate to that. Nowadays, when you see the news and what's going on, it's something, you know, war. It's something out there in the peripheral. You don't hear as much about the mob, well, per to some, se. To some degree, the mob not not as big a thing in some ways that they just been right. Down. And so that's why they. But the trick is, you still have organized crime. Oh yeah, 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 you, yeah, you still do, but not. You don't hear about it as much in the news like you did back in the sixties and seventies. Nowadays, you hear more about. You know, criminal enterprises coming from a military but, standpoint, but you, but you screw them up standpoint. because if you watch. The first episode of this Punisher and his entire run on season two of Daredevil, he's still going after organized crime. 
So make organized crime the problem. Well, they were trying to do the thing like you just kind of jump on what's ever pervasive at the moment. How you, you know, you bust commies in the 50s, you bust the mob in the 70s. Well, right now it's terrorists. Yeah. Now terrorists are the thing you go. Except it's not terrorists he's after. It's dirty. It's dirty soldiers. It was still the U.S. military, but it was dirty soldiers. It was uh, bullseye in that, basically, when he came back from the war, started a Blackwater type something. Yeah, it was, the soldiers were selling heroin or some crap, and you had all this dirt and shit back. Just make it the mob. It's the mob. It doesn't make a difference whether the mob's still in the thing. If you go organized crime killed this dude's family, so he's got a war on organized crime, it fits. That's overthinking it. It's, you know, well, we can't, it's it's the whole thing that they've never gotten right. Well, we can't really have a nuclear bomb. Why not? Why not? He was doing something with a nuclear bomb the shit blew off. Because when you take that away, you take away a quintessential part Cornerstone of, the, of his origin. Part of the character. Bruce Banner became the Hulk trying to save somebody. So the Hulk, the thing he turned into was at its base a good guy, even though he was a misunderstood monster. When you give him a selfish reason, yeah, it, it, it flops. I was trying to make a super soldier and I turned into this. Well, okay. Yeah. Technically, you are a super soldier. Congratulations. You yeah. succeeded. Yeah. You've done it. You, you're just a stand at it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, recasting. Todd Father, what's your opinion on recasting? I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't give me a. I don't care. It, you know, if if your if your movie series is gonna have longevity, at some point you're gonna have to recast. Them. The MCU is eventually gonna have to recast. You eventually gonna have to have an Iron Man that's not Robert Downey Jr. You know, and that's gonna be rough for the fans to accept the first time they do it. But if they keep going on, you know, the second time they have to recast, it's not gonna be as big a deal because you can no. do it. That's why you know, while I don't like the current Spider Man as much as the previous. Well, not the previous two, the previous one, Garfield. But I've seen it go from McGuire to Garfield. I've seen it go from Garfield to somebody else. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Or the Batman flicks. Hell, you've had, what, five, six of them. You know, some of them you like, some of them you don't. Yeah, yeah. James Bond, same way. Yeah. It, I, I kind of look at it as you identify with the character. And if you come in from it as a comic book, reader you get an artist that draws a character you know some of them will uh will draw a character the exact same way no matter what artist is on the book some artists will draw a character you know with a slightly different facial you know tick you know the todd mcfarland spider-man had the really stringy webs the eric larson spider-man's mask would squint would squint yeah yeah a little, little hallmark like that yeah up in the art so you know, certain folks will draw uh, Bruce Wayne's face slightly different. Batman's, you know, ominous glare slightly different. So to me, when I get a different actor playing that role, as long as they can carry the bravado of the character or the swagger or whatever it is that particular character needs. Whatever his, whatever his signature trait is. Right. I'm good. And a lot of it depends on the movie, too. You know, George Clooney on paper should have made a decent Bruce Wayne. His movies sucked. <laughs> Batman and Robin sucked. And there, there was no fixing that. <laughs> you know, so 
that that means a lot too. You what, know? Was but was that Clooney's fault or was that the director and that's the what I'm saying? Fault? If if it's in a if it depends on the movie that the, that the switch is in because the switch from Keaton to Kilmer was not that big of a deal to me. It didn't I actually like Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne better than I like Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne because Kilmer's version acted like he could kick somebody's ass, where Keaton to me at that time looked. Kind of, but he was Mr. Mom to me. Yeah. I couldn't get past Beetlejuice. So when I looked at him, I was like, oh, it's Beetlejuice as Batman. Okay, is he? He was kind of short and all kinds. It didn't, it never worked for me. Kilmer came in and worked a little better for me. Clooney came in and his movies sucked. So it was kind of like, eh, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, another I, good example of that would be the Conan movies. Yeah. Yeah. The reboot. Conan movie was very meh, very kind of mediocre. But the guy playing Conan did fine. He looked yeah. the part. Momoa looks more like Conan is described than Schwarzenegger does. Mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger had the benefit of having James Earl Jones and great villains in his first movie. Because right. I'd rather watch Momoa's than Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer was a piece of crap. But, but Conan Barbarian. But Conan Barbarian is the truth. <laughs> yeah. But that's an example of they did a fine job recasting, you know, your main hero, but then he was put in a mediocre movie, so it didn't go nowhere. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel about the Judge Dredd reboot? I never saw the original Stallone version. I've seen them both. Well, I've seen clips from it. I've seen clips from it, so I know it was not great. But I've seen the original Stallone. How have you not seen? No, it's bad. No interest in the character. Jason right. has. Jason has a uh, bias against Sylvester Stallone. He hadn't seen Rocky and Rambo either. Un-American. Well, so, uh, so. to be fair, I only watched all the Rocky movies because they were on a marathon. Yeah, but you watched But you've seen them. So you yeah, good. But as far as the current, the uh, Carl, was it Carl, Carl Urban? It was Carl Urban was in the reboot. Yeah. Loved that movie. Absolutely loved it. Unfortunately, I had seen The Raid not too long before there, and the Judge Dredd reboot movie was telling, telling the story from the Judge Dredd comic that the guy that did the raid based their movie off of. Now, speaking of the Judge Dredd movie and the Stallone version, the, the, my biggest problem with, because uh, I had, before the uh, Stallone movie come out, I had not read any of the Judge Dredd books. When he comes in, you know, I'd seen the covers of the Judge Dredd books and seen mm-hmm. pictures of Dredd. It sounds like me. You were, you were passively aware of the character. You know, he come out, he looked, I'm like, wow, they got the character. He, he looks good. I watched the yeah, movie. Until he takes I, his mask off. And you know, see, I did not know that going into the Stallone version. And I thought, wow, he looks he looks dead on like the pictures. And I thought it was a great action. But, and then when I found out, what do you mean he never takes his mask off? He spent 90% yeah, of the movie with his mask off. With his mask off. You know, what, what kind of crap is this? You've run into that problem with a few Super movies of late. And then... When Urban's come out, he said, you know, people are like, you better not take him out. He goes, oh, don't worry. If you if, if my character has the helmet off, you, I will be in the dark. Yeah, which is the way it is in the books. You never see his face. In the in the one shot, if, I think it's the director's cut, when he gets hurt and he has to take his helmet off to bandage a wound or something or treat himself, he's in the shadows and you don't see his face, which is, you know, like it is in the books. Because <laughs> after that, I read some of the Judge Dredd books. I'm like, Oh man, they you know Stallone screwed us because I've got to have my FaceTime, you know, and 
That Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. That's what I hate about Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is he cannot keep his mask. He couldn't keep his mask. Spider-Man on. 3, it's literally, I think every scene he's in is Spider-Man. The only, the only time you ever see him as Spider-Man that he does not take his mask off at some point is when you see him on the Titan Tron. That's it. You know, they have video of him swinging through the city. That's the only time you see him that he does not go, look, it's me, the amazing Tobey Maguire. Look, it's me, the spectacular Tobey Maguire. Look, it's me, the adjectiveless Tobey Maguire. Now, the, the, and that, that shit gets it gets old. And much as I like Black Panther, Panther's mask tends to come off in some inopportune times. Mm, you know, good. Killmonger shoots him with an RPG, he hits the wall, and immediately pops his mask off. Which, let's be honest, don't make good sense because the dude has been sparking machine gun fire for the past what minute? Yeah. So you let the bulletproof thing around your head come off? Yeah, like just from a logistical standpoint. It's stupid. That's the most important part yes. to keep yes. safe. Yeah. You won't. Why is that the most expendable part of armor? Yeah. And that's it comes off there after the rhino hits him, he pops it off just as Wakabi's men are about to knock the hell out of him. It jumps back on right quick, but it's like, yeah, Chad, we know it's you. We know you're in there. You had your FaceTime. I'm a big proponent of when you're in your costume, be in your damn costume. When you're out of your costume, be out of your costume. We're big boys. We have object permanence. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's we know we know it's you. You don't have to keep see, 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 it's me. It's me. Peekaboo. Yeah. Right. And they can even in the main fight, they kept doing that. Him and Michael B. Jordan both, the mask would come off for no reason. Now I want to, you know, now I want to say this to you. Well, why would you, you're fighting to the death. I don't want to take a blow to the head, especially from a super soldier. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, and since I can talk through the mask, pretty sure I talk to you through the mask. You know, when you have your villainous, when he's about to push him off the edge, you want to pop it for a little bit. I can go with that. But that's still leaving you vulnerable to a headbutt from a guy that's in an impervious mask because, you know, I can headbutts are a thing. From Killmonger, just because he was a bit, tick, you know, he had a tick where, you know, he might have a bit of the I want to show you I have power over you moment. You know this is Yeah, that's, like I said, I could, I could forgive that. But, you know, if you wanted him to look him in the eye, it's not like T'Challa didn't do that with Claw. You just pop the eyes where you can see his eyes. Every breath you take is a mercy for me. That works. It's still the character. We do it you. You know. Go ahead. You know, they get by with that in Iron Man because they have the the LED moments where they always show the inside of the, the inside of the, inside the helmet. Which is a fine, neat trick to do. Yeah. To give you your face time. But how many people these days have, you know, like Jack Nicholson in Joker? In, in, Bat, in the 89 Batman. Yeah, when he was Joker, he was Joker. Every now and then he would paint himself, you know, they would have him paint where he looked a little more Jack Nicholson than normal, but yeah, that son of a bitch was Joker. After he was Joker, most of the time you see him, he's yeah, Joker. Yeah, he's Joker. Well, yeah. he was painted up when he, needed to, when he needed to fit in somewhere. Right. And, you know, that's, he's, you're talking, he stayed in character. Right. And, well, but he fled to Joker. Yeah. Yeah, what well, hell? The know. only time you saw him where he looked normal-ish was when he was hiding himself amongst the cops. Yeah, yeah. Or amongst the fake cops. Yeah. 
And the trick with him is, hell, in his version, he was actually wearing makeup. The Joker him was him in makeup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's kind of a thing. How the hell we get off on this? This isn't a reboot. This has nothing to do with reboot. Well, reboot from one Joker to another Joker, a recasting. We started off about Spider-Man, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, we were talking uh, before the podcast about examples of reboots and uh, re- uh, that work, and we mentioned the Godzilla and the King Kong to each other. Yeah, well, Toho has rebooted the uh, has rebooted Godzilla several times. Yep. And, and met with success every time. Man. Eh, pretty much every the time. The kid-friendly Godzilla had... There were two specific back-to-back ones. There was a smog monster and something else. They were not as critically received as others. That because they were not kid-friendly. That was a trick. But smog right. monster is... They had, it had started, it was in that kid-friendly show end of the show era, but that thing wasn't kid-friendly. Yeah. It, it was it was violent as hell. <laughs> so yeah. it, and it involved drugs in, I think, well, a couple parts. Yeah, but just, you know, it was... There but was that was the tail end of a run. Yeah. That was yeah. Not, those were not reboots. The only Godzilla reboot you had that was really just kind of was the American TriStar one. Yeah. Well, that, 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 yeah, that, uh, that, yeah, that was not too well. I mean, it's still a reboot, but, uh, yeah. You know, and Toho did a couple of King Kong, they did King Kong, or King Kong versus Godzilla, I think was the first one. Using Kong, and then they did King Kong Escapes. Which, you know, both of those movies are, you know, dated today, but they did fine time. time. King Kong versus Godzilla adjusted, you know, for inflation and stuff like that is still the highest rated Godzilla movie ever. Mm-hmm. And then you had, let's see, with King Kong, you had the original, of course, very successful. The 70s one was a bit of a flop. The Jessica Lange version? Yeah. I don't know, I don't remember the 70s one. I don't remember any actress. Yeah, Jessica, that was Jessica Lange's first movie. It was King Kong. It was Jessica Lange, Charles, Bro- Charles Grodin, and uh, Jeff Bridges. I liked it okay. When I saw it as a child, I liked it okay. Yeah, it, it was decent effects. I actually saw it before I saw the original. I think I had seen the original first, but I could not swear to it. And then you had the Peter Jackson remake, which was a good flick, and I think it was fairly successful. But it was another reboot. And then you had Kong Skull Island, which in a lot of ways was rebooting the Toho version of King Kong. Yeah. You know, he's built more like the Toho version. He moves more like the Toho version. He's a hell of a lot bigger. Yeah, he it's yeah, it's less of a giant ape and more of a kaiju ape like kaiju. Yeah. But it's fitting into the the most recent. Well, that whole island is full of kaiju. I mean, yeah, yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to do your un, you know uncharted island. In the thirties, it was just an unknown island that this guy had found a, a map to. Well, you, you have a hard time doing that kind of thing modern day. So here, it's an island with you know a constant and permanent hurricane around it. We know it's there. It's just hard to get to. Yeah. And freaky, but we're in a world with freaky stuff, so. Well, we're in a world with freaky stuff, and, you know. Well, the original, you had that whole dark continent thing. Yeah, that, that was a trick to that, was Africa was still supposed to have, you know, a lot of mystery. And, mm. Right now, are you talking about the 70s version or the original? The 70s, the 70s version was... Was a reboot of the black and white white one. Yeah, I know that. So it was still the whole dark continent thing. 
Peter Jackson is the one that came along where, well, maybe, because I remember going into that one going, I wonder how racist his version going to be, because, yeah, the, the original in the 70s was racist as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because it, it was, Skull Island was Africa, you know, and it's the whole animal worship and, you know, the, it's the dark continent thing. We don't know what the hell's on here because most of us that go here die. So, you know, it, it's open to the imagination. Well, maybe they're dinosaurs or maybe they're this or maybe there's, you know, you go back and read the original, some of the 70s run of like Black Panther. Wakanda was the same way. You had giant, the white gorilla was a 15 foot mighty Joe Young looking somethings that were running around. They did, they were not natural gorillas. You had parts of Wakanda that had dinosaurs and crap in it. You know, it was, it was the mysterious dark continent thing. Because the writers in that time period had grown up as kids, right, and that was a staple of right. That was that was a staple of Africa was that God knows what the hell's you know you could go to parts of Africa and God knows what you'd run into. Yeah, Uh, that's a little that'd be a little different for me calling you know Skull I I mean Kong Skull Island was not really a yeah he's right it's more of a retelling of Toho's version than it is the American version, because it's, none of the stuff is there. You know, the staples of the sacrifice to Kong and all that, kind mm-hmm. of, all that's gone. Yeah. Everything on that island was weird. The people were weird. Yeah. The regular animals you saw were weird. Yeah. Everything was just strange. Uh, one of the things we were talking about before the podcast was the mummy. How it was a, uh, they rebooted the mummy. That's a good example of both a successful reboot and an unsuccessful reboot. Because you had the original run back in the 40s, maybe? Yeah, 40s, 50s? Like I, I forget exactly when the original Universal. With, a lot, with all the other classic monster movies. Yeah, yeah, Universal's classic yeah. monster. Yeah, Universal's Bar- classic. Bar's Call-Off was the original movie. Yeah. And then you had the... Uh, Brandon Fraser. The Brandon Fraser reboot, which was very good. Uh, they got weak... The second one I think was okay. The third one was kind of weak. Yeah. But uh, but that was a, but the Mummy was a successful reboot. It was a very good movie. Uh, mine and Tarky's dad will watch it every time for for a year for a couple of years. They would watch it every time it came on TV. Yeah. I don't know what about it. It was that just that got him. You know, really gripped him like that. Because I really liked it, but not not. Quite I mean, to be fair, that. it really not not to soft brag on our father. It really matches with his kind of comedic style. Well, I, it true. matches with the way our dad likes to tell jokes. Now, I yeah, know I, about that. I know my dad, the first, like, uh, I, I had it on VHS, you know, when it first came out. Mm-hmm. What in the hell is VHS? Yeah. And uh, I carried it over for me and my dad to watch the, the first uh, Brandon Fraser movie, movie. And my dad loved it. And... He loves to read, you know, classic wet, got tongue tied, classic westerns, classic, you know, literature of all kinds of different stuff. Kind of your pulp era, Tarzan yeah. kind of stuff. Yes, he loved the the pulp era ness of that. They did setting. an extremely good job of getting that feel. Yeah, and when the movie was over, we were sitting there talking, and he started talking about, oh, that reminds me of this character and such and such and so and so in this book and. I mean, he was rattling off books, some of them that, you know, I'd only heard about and, you know, some that I had not read since I was in high school. 
And he's like, man, I wish I could find some of these again. And, you know, I'm like, well, Dad, they're up there in your closet. You, you know, just have to dig them out. And, you know, and he started digging and to find them to read again. And so I think that's one of the things that made the, the Brandon Fraser movies, you know, just people latched onto them because they gave you that 1930s, you know, 1920s and 30s, two you know, two-tiered adventure yeah. thing. And they did it in a way that wasn't racist, wasn't... They, they did it that Indiana Jones kind of feel that was funny at the right times. Mm-hmm. It was adventurous at the right times. They called the, call the part of the 30s that you would want and, and, and did not, yeah, 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 did not they, bring in the, the stuff in the 30s that, you know, we don't want to see. Didn't associate of. themselves with the unassociated. Right. Yeah, right. And then you've got the modern... Uh, the modern... Lord, I'm getting tongue-tied. The modern mummy movie. Thank you. With uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. That it's like, okay, what in the world is this guy out doing looking for treasure, and why in the world would you trust him with anything? And oh, by the way, now he's a good guy. Uh, no, no. You could be a slightly greedy, you know, treasure hunter. I'm going to rob this tomb that nobody knows about. That's not going to hurt anybody. Oops, I let a monster out. Well, you know, got to do something about that because people will get hurt. You know, you, you can run with that. But, yeah. But yeah, I just don't, I don't know really what they were trying to do with the, with this reboot. I mean, I know they were trying to start up their, you know, new dark universe stuff. But now, I, I, all that being said, I did like how they had the different shout outs to the different monster stuff. You know, when they, uh, like they had the little scene of the Brandon Fraser uh, book from the was it the Book of the Dead or the Book of the Well, yeah, because it, it was supposed to be in the same universe as that yeah. one. And then they had uh, creature from the Black Lagoon stuff, and then mm-hmm. they had some of the vampire stuff up on the walls, and you know, the only in some ways that was part of the problem is they were more intent on well, this is the start of our universe mm-hmm. than this is a good movie. Yeah, you can put your little shout outs in there. You can you can put your little tie ins in there. Your after credit scene, as it were. You got to make the baseline movie good if it's going to be the foundation of something, though. Yeah, you can't, you can't make a movie full of fan service and that be it. Right. Yeah. Which I think is there was no shout out to anything else Marvel and Iron Man. There was you didn't go through Iron Man going, oh look that's Cap Shield, oh look that's this, oh look that's. The first Iron Man didn't have squat until you had your, your after credit scene. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, oh, yeah, there's more stuff around. You want to talk about the Avengers? And it's like, ooh, that was tied to stuff. It was it. And it was one of the ones that was basically, it was one of your base foundation movies. It was the first one. Yeah. Well, it, it's like, you know, my, my uncle, he was a, a builder. He was a contractor. If you're going to build something, you have to have a solid foundation, period. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, that's been the weakness with the DC movies is they never they never built their foundation. They're just trying to build a house as big as Marvel as quickly as they can. Yeah, with no foundation. Well, the DCEU is us two. I call it the us two thing. It's literally. I'd like you don't have make an anime card. reference. Is it about Evangelion? No, it's what? about something even. Well, it used to be more niche. It's not anymore. Zetsubo Sensei. Yeah, I never glad to that. It sounded like you were sneezing. It does. That's not the name. Don't worry about it. But anyway, the entire show ran for a little while. It had a good comic, had a good show. 
But they made a skit for their last couple episodes where it showed some of the students he was teaching, or he himself, I forget quite which, building this somewhat grand building at the top, and as it got lower and lower, it looked shoddier and shoddier. And he makes the joke, it doesn't matter how grand you build the house up top, we didn't build it good enough on the foundation, it's going to fall apart. And the joke was, the Zetsubo Sensei show, way back in the beginning of the comic, didn't have a strong premise, didn't have a strong startup for itself. But even though it got a cult following, you can't keep going forever on this. We're running out. We need to stop building on top of it or it will collapse on itself. It was a it was a it was a little skit showing you that they were self aware of yeah. you know, how they a flaw of, of mistakes they had made. We understand when we need to stop building on some building on something we didn't build well enough at the start. Hmm. That's some Warner Brothers feeling. Well, Silence! You were part of the conspiracy. When you said build a house as as good as theirs, as fat as fast as possible, it reminded me of the yeah. skit. Yeah, that is that is totally, totally. I hell, I forgot what I was going to say. What were you yeah. about to comment on your insult? Yeah, yeah, I was going to do one of the two. I was about. <laughs> it was going to be a backhanded comment. So yeah, insulting, but yeah. <laughs> no, you are totally part of the grand conspiracy against the DC. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. Okay. Also, taste. Well, when I said, the statement when I said, you can't make a movie just out of fan service, you look like you were about to point at me for a conversation how, how we had. Way, yes, yes. Yeah. So, I, I fear that's going to be a problem uh, Ready Player One's going to have. Yeah. What? You mean that thing doesn't look brilliant to you? Yeah, it looks like they took Willy Wonka's plot, <laughs> added a bunch of violence and explosions. So I'm not the a, only one who's had that. a whole bunch of fan service. So I'm not the only one who's thought the the Willy Wonka thing. I had that while. Why am I getting a Willy Wonka? Because it's the oh, rich yeah. old inventor going. Whoever wins, wins this, this challenge, challenge gets to rule. We'll get everything. You can't yeah. see my hand motions. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, and you really should because they were funny. They were. They were. I was a little worried he was gonna smack me in the face doing it. I can't reach it. You're fine. You get like little raccoon taps and if there's anything. But uh. Next week on the show, what the hell's a raccoon tap? <laughs> My wife. Don't, don't tell me. Okay. That. No, no, we don't, we don't. don't ruin it for him. He'd, <laughs> he'd rather think of, you know, who knows what. Thinking of a little raccoon. All right, we were on what, the movie. <laughs> All right, uh, James Bond was another subject we were talking about before the podcast. How well they've handled their reboot slash recastings. Well, you don't really know for sure that any of those will be reboots. Other than maybe the Daniel Craig ones. But that's really just because they don't talk about it. So it can go either way. They're a good example of recasting. Because now when you change uh, Bonds, it's not that big a deal. It's kind of the point we get a different James Bond every film and do which go. That might be a bit much, but they're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. The trick is every generation kind of has their Bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of them them rock, and then some of them kind of suck. But y'all always know there's another Bond yeah. movie coming. Yeah, you just have, do well, just have maybe to. Maybe a few years. Yeah. But. You just have to survive the ones you don't like. <laughs> and if Marvel wants real longevity, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to do that. Yeah. And it's going to be rough this first time. You know, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr., they, they you know, kind you're of. You're kind their, of core foundation they, members. They kind of put their stamp on it. Mm hmm. And all their contracts are, are, are running out soon. You know, some of them, like uh, Robert, he'll probably keep going as long as Marvel let him. 
Yeah, I think he really enjoys the character. It, it you know, it has rebooted his but, career. But he, but he is going to get too old to yes. tell me stuff. Yes, they're going to have to reboot him eventually, or recast him rather eventually. Where Evans and Hemsworth, well, I think they have thoroughly enjoyed their run. I think they're tired of doing. It. I, 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 yeah, I think they're about that done. You know, Evans is complaining about all the working out he's got to do to stay, you know, ripped like that for such an extended period of time. Yeah. No, I have not heard his wife complaining about it. <laughs> Just saying. Evans ain't married. I thought he was married. No, Hemsworth is married. Yeah, yeah. Hemsworth's one. Evans ain't married. Evans is out there hoeing. Which is why you don't hear his Which is why you don't hear his wife complain about it. Because being why, Captain America shit. Why is he complaining then? Oh, wait, never mind. He's got enough money now that it, how it looks like really would make a difference. <laughs> Good Lord. And really, like, just living off the interest of that. Like, he won't stay ripped as shit, but he's still going to have muscle, and, you know, he's still going to look athletic for years after. Yeah. As long as well, it's just, not like he was a chubby before. No. Yeah. But I just mean, like... As long as he don't go out and pig out, yeah. you know... As long as he doesn't go, I'm going to go to the Golden Corral, I brought a sleeping bag, go to town. <laughs> all you eat, all you can eat means all I can possibly eat. I'm going to pull a Dilbert's father, and I will stay here until I'm done. Does Captain America have to pay for Golden Corral anymore? He gets a senior discount. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's nice. But anyway, like I said, you know, when they replace those guys, yeah. they're, going, they're going to do a good job on recasting. Yeah. And they're going to have to have really good movies behind it. Yeah, it, it, it's going to take some work. The next time they recast, it won't be as big a deal. It'll be like Spider-Man. Really. Once people know. get used to the fact that these movies are about the people they're playing, not who's playing them, is when they can do that without a whole hell of a lot it's of... the law of diminishing returns, but in their favor this time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, once you've established the James Bond pattern, because James Bond has established that pattern before, so in some ways, Bond establishing it will help Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, if if they continue to do good movies, then that will have it'll have the same kind of fact, effect that James Bond has, or Doctor Who has. Who's going to be the new Tony Stark? Yeah, yeah, it'll become a thing. You will have that thing around it. Hey, who's going to be the new Captain America? And you know, truthfully, if if they're getting ready to go in a different direction, Infinity War would probably be a good place to to do it. The only reason I don't think they would do... They might do a recasting after Infinity War. I don't think they'll reboot because you've got enough of their series in mid-run. You know, Black Panther, you've just got the first one, so you got at least two more of them. If Marvel keeps to their three... Yeah. Pattern of threes. Yeah. The trick is, Bozeman was signed for five movies. So he's done Civil War. He's done Black Panther. He's done Infinity War 1 and 2. So he's really only got one more movie left in his contract. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing after a billion dollars that there's probably a better contract in the future. But I'm saying right now, no. he signed for five. Well, I think Robert Downey Jr. has been done with his initial contract for a while, but he keeps popping up. Yeah, he's, Civil War was some extra for him. The Avengers things he was he was in for, though. Yeah, His Iron Man's been done. Yeah, people keep going, oh, Iron Man 4 ain't going to be no Iron Man 4. Not with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he may keep popping up in other people's stuff. And truthfully, other than the first Iron Man movie... Yeah, they kind of suck. Yeah. So... <laughs> the second one was only salvaged by the big, big fire war machine. machine at the end. Yeah. 
And three is some unwatchable crap that I do not own and will never sit through again in life. Three was the one that basically caused me to stop buying all the Marvel movies as soon as they came out. I don't want three. I don't watch three. I don't care about three. Three was three was the one that truthfully had me going, do I really want to see any more of these? Because <laughs> that thing is god-awful. Three was also a buddy cop movie where your main character was a sidekick. Yeah. For parts of it. Yeah. For most of it. Yeah. The yeah, thing, was three was the one where all. Shane Black came in there and didn't realize that people would go to Iron Man movies to see Iron Man. It was not Robert Downey Jr. It was Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. You, you want to see Iron Man, not Stark. That gets... Yeah. Now, granted, it's one that if, you, if you're watching the whole series, you kind of need Iron Man 3. It's an important thing for their overall story. I just don't like the movie. Because mm-hmm. that establishes... Iron Man 3 truthfully establishes Tony Stark's behavior in everything you've seen him in since. Yeah, the whole PTSD. Yeah, he's got PTSD, which yeah, is a lot of... That kind of underlying paranoia and yeah, everything he does now. A lot of people seem to miss that, too, when they talk about the character and the movies and stuff like that. Yeah, Iron Man... They've shown you Iron Man Avengers screwed him up. And they have not fixed that. If you thought he was acting weird during Civil War, go watch Iron Man 3. If you think he's acting weird in Age of Ultron, go watch Iron Man 3. That's why he's acting like that. Mm-hmm. That will also be a big problem with recasting is they've you know, developed the character so much for the movies that once you recast, especially the first time, will the actor get the nuances correct? And some will of the writers depend, get the nuances correct? And some of that will depend on do you reboot when you recast Right, because if you reboot when you recast, that doesn't matter as much. But yeah, that's that's well, like I said, anytime anytime you do a, a recast, and you're gonna have to put them in a re, you're gonna have to get a really good movie around it, or you'll crash the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my my problem is, I don't mind them recasting. I have no problem with recasting, and I don't mind a soft reboot. I hate it when they do a hard reboot and wipe what like. Like I mentioned, I think, about the Punisher, how they took and changed him from a Vietnam vet to a Gulf War vet to an Afghan vet. That To me, that's a soft reboot. That that's, upda- it, that's updating and modernizing a character so that your current audience can relate to him. Okay? The Fantastic Four kind of does the same thing with, with uh, Ben Grimm and, uh, and Reed Richards. Yeah, they were, they were World War II vets together. And then there were Originally, Korean vets, and then... It, and it just kept moving up to whatever whatever the most recent war was of a few years back. Yeah. yeah. The trick is, I don't even think they have the war in common anymore, because they had Doom this in uh, the Marvel 2-in-1 that's out, what was it, last month? You find out that, like, Reed and Ben were in college with Doom in 92. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, they, they don't even have that in common anymore. Yeah, well, the House of Ideals is going to House of Hacks quite a while back now. So. Well, the thing is, you know, you got to keep something going, or else, you know, it's why why are these characters why are these characters only thirty and they fought in World War Two, <laughs> you know. It it you know when you read Captain America, especially you know you keep pushing that Cap. Well, in Cap's case, you can't bring him to a more current war, so Cap's time in the ice keeps getting longer and longer, and he keeps getting older and older. Yeah. Yeah. Well, originally, being originally, he was, originally he'd only been in suspended animation about twenty years. 
Yeah. yeah. It yeah. had been just long enough that there was too big a gap between him and his girl Yeah. from the war. Yeah. So he started dating her niece. That looked like her. Yeah. And he thought she was dead. You know, it was all kinds of fun stuff there. But, you know, the Highland Commandos was still alive. Nick Fury was still alive. That whole... But, like, when they did him in, in the MCU, yeah, it's that big of a gap between World mm-hmm. War II. So, yeah, Peggy Carver's there, but she's old as dirt. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure he ain't dating her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Final thoughts on reboots, Turkey? Once again, they're not necessarily an enjoyable thing, unless it's rebooting from a bad film, but that's typically has a long gap of time between them. But it's a necessary evil sometimes. Sometimes you have an actor fall sick to a point where they can no longer take a part or unfortunately pass away. Dumbledore in Harry Potter is an example of that. Or, you know, or a film has happened so long ago that you can't make a sequel and it makes sense. You have to reboot. In the case of the Toho King Kong, you can't just suddenly pull him straight back and just be like, hey, remember this guy? He's here now. You have to have a reboot film to kind of... Mm -hmm. Reimmerse the new audience in the old information. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they didn't do that with Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, no. Jason, your thought on the they like to reboot final now. thoughts on reboot and recasting? Just that they're always a crapshoot. You know, we've named off some reboots that worked really well. We've named off some that that didn't. We named off some that did, then didn't. Mm, indeed. And it's really one of them things, anytime I hear, oh, they're rebooting this, I'm kind of going to, you know, if I like the original, I'm kind of like, oh, what are they going to screw up? I think a good safe thing for reboots is wait for that generation that remembers the original to, like, either get old or die off. Where it's new to new people. Because the trick is, other than that, it ends up feeling like the sequel that nobody wanted. Uh, I heard Death Wish described as the reboot that nobody was asking for. It's not like those movies are popular anymore. Why are you wasting time doing this? Mm-hmm. What what the hell's the point? Yeah, another thing that'll kill them, like I said, Ghostbusters, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, you, people that grew up with Ghostbusters are only in their 40s. The old ones, you know, are in their 40s. Not really. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, when, you, when Ghostbusters is still currently being referenced in pop culture yeah you need to hold off yeah yeah you can't there there are ways that they could have done that movie that it worked and it's like they looked at that and said hell the hell with all that you know it was not time for a reboot and it was truthfully too late for a sequel yeah they they, they did one in that middle ground that doesn't work really work in a way yeah yeah you know maybe they could have done a continuation you have the surviving cast members as kind of the upper management, essentially. Yeah. And you got some younger trainees. What, what, what you kind of needed if they wanted to do that correctly in a way it would have been accepted is you needed one of those Star Trek Generations type movies where you had like the old guard kind of handoff. Kind of how you did, kind of how they did with the Extreme Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah. I never watched much of it. I don't know how good a cartoon it was, but I've seen the first episode. But yeah, where they kind of hand off, you know, the, they, they kind of hand off, you got one or two of the characters that are, you know, yeah, that's in still the case of the cartoon, up. it was Egon and Janine were kind of yeah. running the show. Yeah. Which is what you needed if they wanted to do continue a Ghostbusters. You needed 
two or three of them to kind of hand off, you know, the ideas I've heard. Well, maybe it's been long enough now that Oscar would have been grown. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a grown Oscar as one of them, some kind of connective something. But the junk that they did, that then when people went, yeah, don't look funny. But if you don't like this, then you're misogynist. No, it don't look funny. I'm not paying for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm. You didn't let me get old enough to either a not care about the Ghostbusters anymore or to die off. So I, you know, I ain't here. Well, and you give me crap. My final thoughts on reboot recasting is: if you're gonna recast, find someone who can carry the character. Can you know? Like I said earlier, you know, do homage to the character and the 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 uh, part. And on reboots, make it where you are uh, bringing the the essence of the the show, the original. You got to be able to the, capture its heart. Yeah, p- capture the heart of the original. The and ask the question: Can you can you honestly do it better? Yeah. Can what, I do it better? What made the original work? What can I improve on? What doesn't need to be messed with? What can I do to modernize? That's the biggest question I need to ask. Is what, what do we need to not mess with? Yeah, what do I need to not mess with? What do I need to do to modernize this for a current audience? And that's, by that's, messing that's with the it, will it, will it screw up what made it work to, to begin reboot, with? Reboot stuff from... A couple of generations ago, because just the CGI alone will improve some of that stuff. Yeah, that's true. Peter Jackson's King Kong is a hell of a lot neater. You got rid of the bigotry in the damn thing, but then the fact that you got CGI now made a damn cool ass King Kong. He could do it better than they did it in the seventies or nineteen thirty three. He could do it better. If you can't do it better, don't do it. Yeah, leave it the hell alone. And that—that's exactly my point. He looked at. What can I do now? What can what do I need to leave out of it? What do I you know what what's what was good about it? Okay, I'll take this, 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 and this. And here I go. So this has been CDL one one three. The Godfather. Uh, the experience some call Jason. The token uncontrollable knuckle popular. Tarky. And you probably should have saved that for the next one. <laughs> That's been our podcast for today, and we're out. See you next time. Peace.